Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast, where we discuss the earth, air, fire, water, and spirit elements of building a thriving, successful, creative business and life. I'm your host, Sarah, and today's episode, (laughs) y'all, I called it a chaotic conversation because it is. This is what it's like when I have friends on the podcast. Some of you who've been around for a while, you may recognize this from when I have Lila on or other friends on the pod. It's all over the place and it's fun and it's funny. And we we talked about big, serious things about being ethical in your business. But me and Miss Erin Brown were also just a chuckle factory. So I hope you enjoy this. Um, you know, I don't really, I don't really edit these conversations. You get them as they happen. Uh, so that's all I'm going to say about that. Just buckle up and enjoy. Before we start the episode, I just want to let you know there are some really exciting things coming from Intuitive Edge Coaching, and I'm so excited to share them all with you, but I can't give you all the details quite yet. They're not available yet. What I would love, though, is for us to be more connected. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at Intuitive Edge Coaching. Um, Also, if you click the link in the show notes to take the dominant element quiz that will also have you uh, join my email list and I'm going to be dropping all of the details to my email list before anywhere else so that would be a good way for you to be in the know and stay in touch but there is a really exciting free private podcast feed training coming out. It's just a short eight episode training that you can consume completely via podcast and all the information for that is going to be dropping soon. And then next month, if you can believe it, it is the one year anniversary of my business coaching membership, the Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven, and it's my birthday. So we're going to be doing a really big fun promotion for the anniversary. We're doing a rebrand. We're doing a relaunch and I'm so excited about all of it. So everyone's going to be able to see everything and opt into things very soon. But in the meantime, uh, make sure you're following me on Instagram and or on my email list so that you can get all of the information as soon as it's available. That's all I got for you. I hope you're enjoying airy season and springtime or whatever the season changes where you are. Um, I know for me and many people around me, it feels like coming back to life and like 2023 is really starting now that it's April. So I hope you're feeling momentum and energy and things are flowing beautifully where you are. And without further ado, let's get into this chaotic episode about ethics in business with Erin Brown. Got it. Yeah. We are here today with Erin Brown. Erin is a nine-time author, not an Arthur, an author. I'm going to say that. (laughs) We are here today with Erin Brown, who's already laughing at me for being a dork. Erin is a nine-time author and entrepreneur from Lawrence, Kansas. She's currently ghostwriting for Revolutionaries, running a mastermind, and other creative projects. And basically, if you don't follow her, you're missing out on some like top-notch social media presence. And she also has a new uh, account and project, uh, Nourished Bitches. Is that what it's called? Yeah. On yeah. TikTok. 
And I can't be on TikTok because they keep banning me and they will not unban my account. I tried. They said that I violate their sexual code of conduct and I cannot figure out how it's just by being sexy. Uh, (laughs) But I follow all the Nourished Bitches content that you repost to Instagram. So if you're not following Erin, please get on that. Hello, Erin. Welcome to the show. Hello. I made a Nourished Bitches Instagram account mostly because it's so good and people are already copying it that I'm like, well, let me get all the handles. So you can also follow Nourished Bitches on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Also, like, I don't trust people who don't refer to themselves in the third bitch. Like if you (laughs) ever say things like, what's a bitch got to do to get a drink in here? Like, you have to trust it. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So Erin... First of all, the important things. The the girlies will want to know your sun, moon, and rising. Okay. That is important. Um, I hear that as you age, and we are 40, we've established, um, that you identify more with your rising sign, and that is very true for me. Important to know that I thought that my rising sign was Libra for most of my life um, because my mom told me my birth time incorrectly, and I very much identified with that, like, hardcore. Like I would be like, I'm these things, but mostly Libra rising. I'm about justice. Turns out I'm a Scorpio rising. Mm. That's a very different thing. And it's so on the nose. I think I just wasn't ready for that information. Um, because I don't think of Scorpios as being very nice, very kind, not nice. So, um, I am a Virgo sun, Scorpio rising, soup's important and Aries moon, lots of fire. Wow. And it's interesting, though, because I can see the crossover with being all about justice because Scorpios also have a highly developed sense of, like, things that they feel are right or wrong or fair or not fair. And if you are the latter, you're going to get stung or they're going to go under a rock. So that feels right. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I have a Taurus sun and rising and a a Libra moon and stellium. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's all Venus all the time. And the like Mm -hmm. hyper-developed sense of justice and fairness is pretty much Mm -hmm. like what, what I put all of my stubbornness behind. So, yeah. Which is not at all obnoxious for um, me or anyone around me ever. (laughs) Never, never that. (laughs) It's not my fault. I'm right all the time. And I'm luckily so secure in my rightness that I no longer need to convince everyone I'm right. I can just be secure in everyone. (laughs) Wow. That's that's accurate for me as well. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really, I'm really trying to like, because I have long enjoyed not having an opinion about something, especially something controversial. Like if it's something that I don't have strong feelings about, then I'm like, Ooh, let me enjoy hearing from different perspectives because that's not normally my fave thing. Um, And so I've really been trying to move to like, is it possible that this thing that you're feeling very strongly about right now is morally neutral? Is there, is there more of that that I can invite into my life that is an active current discipline? I love that question. Yeah. That's a good question for everyone. Write it in your journal. Is it possible (laughs) that this is actually morally neutral? I also like, is it possible that it doesn't matter if anyone's right? Or is it possible that everyone's right? I know. I hate it. (laughs) Given that there's a one-to-one ratio of realities to humans on the planet, is it possible? No. What's also funny about that is that one of the things I'm very right about, me and many other people, this isn't my theory, 
is that most things don't exist in binaries, which is a funny thing to be right about. There's one binary that I believe in, and it's my philosophy about life. Would you like to hear it? Right. There are, two, there are two kinds of people in the world. People who've been punched too much and people who haven't been punched enough. And you know who's who really fucking fast. Um, we <laughs> say in my family, there's two kinds <laughs> of people in this world, ruiners and us. <laughs> wow. So this is why we're starting. You're from a Game of Thrones house. <laughs> yes. You're either us or you're ruining everything. <laughs> oh, y'all, you can already tell this episode is going to be pure fucking chaos. That's what happens when we have homies on the show. It is pure fucking chaos. So I'm very excited uh, for the chaos that's going to ensue for the rest of this. Okay, so the next question the girls will want to know is uh, your human design type and authority. Manifesting generator. Is my authority sacral? Is that how that works? Is oh, that that's good. Enough? Yes and no. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I also feel like like there's sacral authority, and then there's everyone else who's struggling with life. Like I don't. It took me a while to figure out how to use my sacral authority, but all of the other authority types sound so hard. Okay, can we talk about how this is true, and it's also true that I have been struggling with my actual sacrum coming out of socket. For the last six years or so, have you ever let a chiropractor put that put it back? <laughs> yes, actually, it doesn't work very well with chiropractors. Craniosacral is better for me. Mm. Um, I had a massage therapist tell me once that uh, it's better to be gentle with me, even though I you would think not, because my body is like my personality, and when you push it, it pushes back. Oh, I wasn't sure how to take it at the time, but it's true, I and. Love that. Uh, yeah, I like a gentle suggestion. It's mm-hmm. more effective for me. I uh, I used to have my my SI joint on the left side would would go out, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm a dancer. And the first time it happened, it was like three days before a show, and I walked limped myself into a chiropractic office, and he was like, "Well, I can do it gently, and you can come back once a week for the next month." And I was like, "Is there a?" you can dance on Saturday option. Cause I have a show. And he was like, yeah, it's going to hurt. And I was like, do it. And then he like Kung Fu, like elbow dropped me in the pubic bone and I saw stars, but it went back. See, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> He's like, did the adjusted the table up and like suplex. <laughs> I did see one recently because there's a re- strong recommendation from someone who loves this person and they had this like shocker gun thing. I don't know. It was some kind of gun that they were like pounding into my pelvic area with while we were talking about how this is like likely trauma related. And I'm like, I feel like a man shooting a gun into my trauma faces is probably not the healing that I need. But I appreciate the, that there is science. This is a real thing. I just don't think it's going to be my thing. You oh know? Oh my God. I love it so much. I can't handle it. <sighs> Well, I feel like that's a great segue into talking about ethics. <laughs> it is. I feel it like is. a man shooting a gun into my trauma space is not the healing that I need. And now we transition into talking about <laughs> That feels right. That feels correct. Erin <laughs> and I are um, pure chaos, uh, separately and together, clearly. And we decided moments before we hit record 
that we were going to have a conversation today about ethical business. Yes. Uh, and some of the conversations around ethics and ethical business that are happening in the online business coaching space, of which both of us are a part in our own yes. funny ways. Yes. Um, so just to, to kick us off, I feel like being ethical in business is pretty straightforward. There's a lot of nuance to like the way that you make decisions, but like my primary compass is like, am I exploiting myself or anyone else? Like, that's it. That's kind of the point. And sometimes you don't know, like, especially with self-exploitation, if you're like a people pleaser or even like, I have clients that I absolutely adore. And when they ask me to do things, sometimes I will say yes and push myself beyond capacity, even though I could have said no and chose to do it. Like, sometimes I find myself in a, in a situation where I'm like, I have, I have pushed myself beyond capacity in a way that feels self-exploitative and I didn't mean to like, so, you know, sometimes we get a little gray and we have to refine tune, but generally speaking, if I'm not feeling like I am pushing myself beyond capacity over exploiting myself or exploiting other people, then I'm probably operating an ethical business. However, in the online space, it doesn't seem to be something that anybody gives a single fuck about, especially with the primary metric for business success or not being make a lot of money. I know very few people who make a ton of money that aren't exploiting people and nobody seems to care about like how, <laughs> you know, there's so much even just to start. Right. And I, I want to even first point out that the fact that you have a personal definition of what's ethical is so far, uh, so much farther ahead than most people have gotten. Right. And so like, I think even like, I try not to use the word ethical when I talk about business, partially because I'm a super nerd. And I know that like ethics is an entire field of study that like people devote their lives to. And I'm not one of them. I don't fucking know. I have things that I think are ethical. Mm -hmm. I also know, and like I had a conversation about this on the show with Money Witch, that like there's the the kind of nuanced layer of like it's impossible for us to get to ethical in like a colonial state in late stage capitalism, like just living on on the land I'm living on, I'm outside of my ethics. So there's like harm repair and reduction and mindfulness and then like a lot of compromises that we're all always making, like just to make money, period, where some of us are outside of what we would consider ethical. But in that, there are still better ways to like coexist with other humans in our lives and in business. But I think that like, even just starting with the level of introspection of asking yourself, what do I think ethical business would look like? What feels ethical to me and what feels unethical to me? What are my actual core values? Not in some like, this is for my website tick off a box way, but what are my actual core values? What do I really care about? What do I want to be about? And how do I make choices that are aligned with that? I think so few people ever ask themselves that question or have an internal rubric to measure against. Right, right. Well, and that question is so big for me because 
I feel like everywhere that I've looked or seen taught about business, not everywhere, everywhere, but like most of what you see is so based upon scaling and how to make more money that there's not even a a conversation about like, (laughs) like, shouldn't there be some limits? Not necessarily to how much money you make. Let's say you make all the money in the world and then you give it to, I don't know, somebody smart to cure all the problems. Like Like even getting out of like the conversation about um, wealth hoarding, like what are the limits to how you will do it? What are the limits to how you will like cause harm to other people as you do it? It doesn't seem like any of those limitations are anywhere when it comes to entrepreneurship. It's just like, how do I make more money? But if you start with the question of like, what are my boundaries around this? what are the, what are the ethics? What will I absolutely not do? You know, then also you can start to redefine your metrics of success. I just had my last month in business is one of the lowest I've had in a really long time because I let go of two clients that were just like not working with my boundaries and, um, was feeling a little tight about that because about 30% of my income was going out, um, to others. And I was like, this feels this feels not good. And then was able to look back at like, okay, but I am like very much in the boundaries that I've set for myself in this business. And it is not, um, in like, I'm so grateful that I have enough money to continue to pay the person that I pay inside of my business, what we have agreed upon that is a a good rate. And I'm so grateful that, um, I'm very clear about how I work. And that when people are not respecting those boundaries, that they can't be in my space anymore. And like all of these, and also I was super rich in time this month because I had two large clients work that I wasn't working on this month. And so I was like, and time success, incredible (laughs) bandwidth success, capacity success. Um, So many other good things were happening, even though it was my lowest revenue that I've had in a long time. And that should all be accounted for, not just like how many dollars are we bringing in? Yeah. It also makes me think about um, on, on the list of like personality type systems. Have you ever heard of, oh, what's it called? Um, the four tendencies. No, like questioners, obligers, rebels, and a yeah, I'm a rebel. Yeah. And I'm a questioner. Right. So I think both of us together, like that makes sense. Right. And so like, when you think about like obligers and upholders, Uh people who just their personality type and their life experience and who they are is such that like, they trust authority. And they trust education. And so if you are the kind of person who doesn't like inherently walk in being like, I'm going to question this down to the studs and I can't help myself. But like, you're like, well, I paid this business program, this coach, this consultant, this teacher, this MBA program, tens of thousands of dollars because I decided I trust their expertise. And this is what they told me is right. This is what they told me to do. And I just assumed they thought of all this. Like, I don't have to think about it. They're just going to tell me. They would tell me if it was wrong. And I think there are a lot of people who like, they go into a program and the program tells them, this is how you build. This is how you scale. This is the goal. This is like, you know, it's okay to sell someone a $10,000 program. That's literally just like a bunch of your old Facebook posts packaged together or some shit. Um, (laughs) And like, it's fine. And just have you know, put all of your money into lawyers and, uh, and, uh, 
and collections and like quieting people who try to talk shit about you and that's how you do it and they're like well I guess this is how business is done because that's what I got taught by this man who taught me (laughs) where what I would say to that person is that maybe there are lots of ways to do things and maybe that you know this isn't the only way or has considered anything about who you are what your strengths are what and what you want for your life which is another thing you know like yeah what's what's a I love thinking about um financial goals from like a, a position of thriving what does it look like for me to be thriving um and also that's going to be completely different for everyone you know like the, the way that I decided the clients that weren't going to work for me anymore is totally unique to me. And I would have a similar like set of questions if somebody, if I was consulting somebody on, on a quandary like that, but not the same outcomes, right? Because our boundaries would be different. What it was, it was decreasing my quality of life to continue to have these interactions where I was um, setting the same boundary over and over again. Um, and you know, someone else might see that as like, you know, batting a fly away or something. And for me, it was like, I feel disrespected as, you know, these are very personal things. The way that we do things are going to be really different based upon how we operate and what bothers us and what we like and what we need and blah, blah, blah. Like, why would it be the same? Why on earth would it be the same? Yeah, no, it can't. And it shouldn't. And that crosses over really well into considering like a lot of what's advertised, right? Because Mm -hmm. like, I think a lot about how a lot of business coach and business training marketing Mm -hmm. is designed to appeal to a really immature part of people that desperately wants there to be one quick, simple answer that wants there to be a magic pill. Because I think deep down, most people know that building a business that you're going to be in long-term is, you know, complicated and there's going to be some hard work and it requires you to like know yourself pretty well. And there are some unavoidable steps, right? Like there's not, there's not three quick, simple steps to making a million dollars. There's not the only one single marketing system you need to blow up your business. Like all of these things that we get sold, Um, are appealing to the part of us that like is really hoping there's a secret shortcut where you can skip all the hard work (laughs) Um, and like where we can just get to triumph over adversity with no adversity. Like we really want that to be true. And so we get sucked into it. But like when we, when we pause and when we think, and when we are a little bit critical, it makes a lot more sense to recognize that like the one marketing strategy that works for someone who's been in business for five years and has 20,000 followers is not going to be the one marketing strategy that works for someone who it's their first day in business. Like that's, that's not a thing. There is no one best right way. Um, And the selling of the one best right way is a lot of what we're taught. It's like, if you can convince people that you have the one secret answer, that's going to be the shortcut, you can make money. But even that is out, outside of like my values because I'd be lying if I told you that there's one best right answer. Well, that's not true. There is one best right answer. It's like know yourself and don't be afraid of hard work. Like surprise. Like the one best yeah. right answer is you can't skip the line. Well, and the super top secret part about that is you can, if you guarantee something ludicrous to guarantee, like you'll make a certain amount of money. That's a ludicrous guarantee. Those results will vary greatly. 
Yeah. <laughs> With anything that you do. So, right. Okay. So you make a ludicrous guarantee. You charge a lot of money and then people feel so foolish when they don't get the, that outcome that they're not going to complain. So you can do all of that over and over and over again. And um, it's effective. And you turn around and people, it's their fault. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, there is so many ways that business coaching world has started to mirror diet culture mm-hmm. um, in that, in that selling of like, I'm going to sell you a magic bullet solution. And when it doesn't work, I'm going to tell you it's your fault, but I'm also going to tell you then there is a magic bullet solution. That one, that one might not have been the right one for you, or you didn't do it right. Let's try another one. Can I upsell you on this other program that costs $20,000 now? Because that one didn't work for you. It's still out there. The magic bullet definitely still there. You just haven't found it yet. Just buy another one. And like, we get sucked into this. And I think part of the reason we get sucked into it is because letting go of the fantasy that there's a magic bullet solution, like, is is sad. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to give up the idea that there's, like, a simple shortcut. Yeah, I always think of that um, Instagram ad that I see. Well, it's not Instagram. Internet ad that has the banana. And it's, like, one cool trick for something to do. It's, like, reducing belly fat. But it says one cool trick and there's a banana that's, like, dancing. Uh-huh. And I'm like, wow, one cool trick with a banana could really change everything. I clicked on it once. I don't think I even remember what the trick was. Well, the trick is that now there's Russian hackers who live in your phone. <laughs> there are. Here. I've actually been hacked by Russians specifically twice in my career. So awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's because you clicked on the banana. <laughs> it's because I clicked on the banana. They hacked my Facebook and then we're hacking other women's accounts as me. So I had like these models fans coming to my page and being like, leave Karina alone. And I was like, I don't it's not me. It's not me. <laughs> anyway, the internet's so, a weird place. It is a very weird place and, and bless it for that. Um, and then I think, you know, when we're cycling back into the idea of like, ethical ways to do business and ethical ways to market things to people understanding that you're not going to make as much money if you refuse to sell people bullshit and agreeing that that's what you're going to do right like that's part that's a big part of the baseline of it I know I could make a lot more money in coaching if I promised people there was one best right answer and that there was a simple way and that I could teach them everything they needed to know to build a six-figure business in four days but I would yep. be lying and I'm not willing to do that. And I'm not interested in doing that. And I don't want to cultivate that relationship with people. Um, and so I just have to be like, well, I'm not going to grow as fast as other people. And I'm not going to make as much money because I'm not willing to lie to you. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's a long game. I like to think that there is a like, I mean, not that everything's about being like Scrooge, um, this duck, the the Ebenezer Scrooge duck. What is that? Was his name Scrooge McDuck? <laughs> yes, like jumping into piles of money. Like it doesn't all have to be that. But I do like to think that you know qualitative work over time pays off, and that you know word of mouth pay like these things. But yeah, if you if I was going to run a Facebook ad tomorrow that was like like actual words about what I do. I don't know how that would go over because it's not six figure business in four days. And you know, our brains, when you said that, I was like, yeah, I'd sign up for that. 
six figure business in four days? 100%. (laughs) How much is it? $10,000 here. Everything's $10,000. My God. Which is interesting. It's like somebody decided that was the price point. And I don't think that's going well for people anymore. But that's that's like for everything. Your mastermind isn't that, correct? No, no. I have like a membership program that's around 260 bucks a month, depending on the price point you opt in at. And you can stay as long as you want. You can cancel it at any time. And yeah, it's... Yeah, that's a business model. No. And the fact that... <laughs> I purposefully designed it to be something really accessible for people who are pretty, pretty new in business. Uh, it is really interesting. And then also, I think I do have the thing that people talk about where there are people who, um, there are some people who are like, this is exactly what I need. Thank you. And then almost everyone who gets in is shocked by how much actual training and material and coaching it is at the price point. And then I've had lots of mentors be like, you should charge way more for this. And I know I've had people who assume that it's not going to be the level of training they need because of the price point, because they're like, well, it's not $10,000. So it must not be helpful. It must be too beginning for me. And those same people like don't separate their business money from their personal money. So that's fine. Um, (laughs) Yes. But yeah, it's like, no, I I built my business this way on purpose. I sat down and really thought about what I could build that would be actual, ongoing, helpful, grounded training at a price point that people who were artists, creatives, and healers who were pretty new in business or just transitioning out of being freelance could afford and could afford it for long enough to actually have it be helpful because you're not going to do it in four weeks or 12 weeks or eight weeks or even six months. Like sometimes you just need ongoing support while you do this because it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you were talking earlier about the new niche of being a, a coach who hates coaches. A coach hater. <laughs> the coach hater industry. I think that like, have you seen some of these accounts, the coach hater accounts? <laughs> I'm not sure, but just tell me about it. Like I'm like, I'm brand new. Okay. Well, first of all, I will say a lot of them aren't wrong, right? Like there are some (laughs) accounts that have popped up. I think that like, like the conspirituality guys, do you know those guys? No. Okay. There's a podcast called Conspirituality that started during the, the beginning of the panoramic. And I, I liked some of what they were doing. And they were seeing what I was seeing, which I'm sure you saw too, which was like, I was calling it the the like liberal libertarian pipeline. Like all of a sudden the like, um, the whole food, vegan sovereignty people were anti-vaxxers. And then they were on this like liberal QAnon pipeline. And a lot of the, like the yoga grifters ended up on this QAnon pipeline that they didn't they didn't realize how they got there, but they ended up at the same place as the like QAnon shaman guy. Yes, which wasn't on my bingo card. I'm a little ashamed to say I did not see that coming. Well, it might be because I'm in LA and I started seeing people I literally knew who were saying like, take colloidal silver and you won't get COVID. And I was like, yeah, nope. I mean, I'm in a real crunchy place and um, it, was, it was the same. And yeah. then also like kids and pizza joints, like the QAnon, the QAnon influx was real and hard and, and people I knew. And I was like, 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the spirituality guys had a, a started a podcast and an Instagram where they were kind of doing these deep dives and takedowns and pull aparts of like the where some of these like uh, more spiritual influencer people were starting to fall apart. Um, and I started seeing other accounts pop up like that. Some of them really recently that are really examining and doing deep dives and takedowns on people in the coaching world and the business coaching world and the like pay $20,000 just to be in my energy people and the like balloons that say 1.2 million. And they're just, you know, like every, every post is them in a bathtub full of champagne, like talking about how they just made a million dollars in five minutes. And so their accounts kind of dedicated to like, like they'll take the post and they'll take the caption and they'll be like, okay, what this person is saying is blah, 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 blah. Or like, you know, pulling apart the, some of the problems with like some of the law of attraction thinking and how checked out some of the messaging can be in some of these accounts. And so some of these accounts are not wrong and some of the points they're making are not wrong. But what I've noticed is that since there's been an an uptick of so many people who are calling out BS in the coaching industry. I think it also has some people really confused and like struggling with their discernment around, okay, does that mean all coaching is bad? Does that mean all coaches are fraudulent? Should I just fully stop investing and getting help? How can I tell? Is everybody a charlatan? Am I stupid, right? Am I not one of the cool kids if I still like and believe in the industry of coaching as a whole? I feel Mm -hmm. that it's like caused a little bit of apprehension and people who are like, oh, the way the one, first we all liked coaches and I was really into it. And now apparently we all are not supposed to like coaches. And so maybe I'm not supposed to like coaches anymore. I don't know. What what are we doing, guys? Where do we sit? Like what table is that? But then a lot of these anti-coaching accounts, after building up a following and spending months calling out other business coaches for being unethical are starting to be like, and now I'm going to teach you how to run an ethical business or how to, you know, they, maybe they won't say ethical because they're like, well, I'm not a business consultant, but I can have calls with you where I, you know, and I get it. I get that the question then becomes, well, then what should we do instead? If I'm recognizing some of myself in these posts, if I'm recognizing that like, I got trained to use some of these tactics and now we're all discussing that these tactics aren't good. What should I do instead? It's creating a market um, yeah. that they are then stepping into and being like, ah, oh, so glad you asked. Now I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. Some thoughts. I have a variety of feelings, but the one that I want to give voice to on the tippy top is that I don't love um, generally the idea of takedowns. I don't pile on people. I don't talk about individuals. And my God, I could write a whole tell-all about very interesting people. I have worked (laughs) with, behind, beside in vicinity of like, I have so much dirt and I have never once gone to the internet with dirt. Um, because it's just not, it's not like, I'd rather talk about macro things. I'd rather talk about how we get there. I actually have compassion for those people. Even like you didn't get here in a vacuum. You were following something too. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, 
let's talk about the, the cultural implications of what's happening here instead of this individual. Um, and it's interesting to me when people like, you're really leveraging other people's success to create interest in what you're saying when you do that. You know what I mean? Like if we made this podcast all about Suzanne Summers is the first name that came to mind. And it was like, this is the Suzanne Summers takedown show. It's not actually us that are interesting. It's Suzanne Summers. Also, the thigh master was a real product. You could have everyone had one in the garage. Don't lie. Well, it sounds like she's got some, I don't right? She's doing skincare and like young forever stuff now, too, right? Good for her, man. Suzanne has oh, been she out looks here great. great. It's been she looks great. I have nothing to say. <laughs> nothing, nothing to say about Suzanne. But you know what I mean? Like, it's there's a little bit of that, too, which is funny that like these are, I would imagine people that generally don't have as much of their own stuff to say or whatever. They're not, they're not putting their own words out. They're not really giving you anything to critique. They're going after someone else and relying on the fact that they're interesting. And then once they get like a following and people are interested in them, they're like, I do. <laughs> I'm a coach. And I'm like, well, okay. It's well, and okay. I, it, to me, it feels so again, I'm like preying on people's, um, like vulnerabilities and insecurities and how many of us, bless our souls, are still, you know, kids and teenagers on the inside. And like, we want to be cool and we want to be liked and we want to sit at the cool kids table. And so like what I feel so much with a lot of these accounts, what are we into this month? Who are we mad at now? Who are we excited about now? Like, okay, it used to be that we were all wide-brimmed hats and oat milk lattes. And now we're not all wide-brimmed hats and oat milk lattes. Now we're all shadow work. Okay, well, now we're not shadow work. Now we're all nervous system regulation. Okay, now we're not all nervous system regulation. We're all these business coaches are liars and business coaching is dumb. And like, what are we going to be next month? Like, it to me, it's not different than like, I, you know, when you're in high school and you're like, I'm a goth now, I'm a punk now, I'm a preppy now. And you would well, like just change out your whole wardrobe and like swear by your new identity and be like, this is who we are now. And that like deep down, a lot of the people, like they don't care and they don't have an opinion, but you're, you're preying on people's fear of being left behind or, or not being cool. And hot wiring connection because the, the, easiest and thus most manipulative way to connect with someone is to hate someone together. That is true. That is very true. Yeah. Because they could like those same people could do the same thing without naming the people, take it to a more macro level. Here are some of the behaviors we're going to follow one storyline. If you know who we're talking to, here's free business advice for them. Titillating, right? We don't know who it is. We're going to suppose now. Um, and rely on their own like ideas and their own proposals and their own things that they want to say instead, but just, just make it about blowing up other people is, um, there's a word I have in my head that I'm trying not to use. I'm well, it feels lazy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's also making me realize that there's a hole in my market that we should start. And it's like, um, I, you know, every once in a while, I'm like, how am I going to monetize this podcast? Because it's not. I just do it because I love doing it. But like, 
I've thought about having like a Patreon with bonus episodes because I know that people do that. And I was like, oh, the Patreon should be called Where We Name Names. And it's like when the the public part of the podcast goes off and we start really naming names, you have to put that's behind a paywall. <laughs> oh my God. I would have to get a cut of my episode. And everyone <laughs> has to sign like an NDA to join the Patreon. Like you cannot, the first rule of Fight Club, like you cannot tell anyone oh what we say in here. Um I think people would sign up for it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think that there's there's a lot of, and it's not. I don't. I don't think it's ill intentioned. A lot of the time, I think a lot of the time where it starts with some of these accounts that are like, wait a minute, I'm seeing these trends in my industry that are concerning, and I want to talk about it, and I want us all to be talking about it. I want us all to take a more thoughtful lens on some of the things that are happening in this online business space and some of the things that are questionable and, you know, how many of us have spent money on a course or working with someone that turned out to be fluff or turned out not to be helpful. Um, How many of us have been seduced by really good branding and marketing and then gotten into work with the person and realized that they don't know more than us and like how disappointing some of those experiences are. And I think it's valid to want to have a place and a forum where we can discuss these trends And then where it gets dicey is that it does become this kind of, you know, a takedown club or like a, an offer, a critique without offering any solutions until you're like, Mm -hmm. I'm surprised now there is a solution and it's paying me. (laughs) Right. Right. That's, um, that's a, that's a mite tricky. And yeah, I mean, I, I also have been an activist since I like actively, actively activism, since I was 13, which is 27 years. And I get bristly about people who don't show up with their own ideas that just critic, because it's, it's that, you know, whatever Brene Brown talks about being in the arena, whatever. But I'm just like, I am down for critique and better ideas and to push myself forward. But if you're just going to like rip me apart for sport, that one doesn't give me anywhere to go. And two, like does nothing, you don't, you don't even make yourself vulnerable. You aren't proposing anything. You're just picking apart what I'm doing. If you'd like, I can pick apart what I'm doing better than you can. Garen Asteed, I'm a debater. (laughs) I know how to, I know how to have that same lens on my own shit. I'm doing my best. And if you don't have a proposal, of a way to do that better than you're just being rude, honestly. Or people who are like, you're here to be mad. Like, I think there are people who actually like, like kind of like one of their like emotional addictions, one of their highs is like self-righteousness, right? Like, I just want to be mad at people and point out all the ways that other people are stupid because it makes me feel good about myself and I get a high off of it. I get a little hit. I don't have any solutions. I'm not here to solve problems. I'm here to get my little today's hit of righteous indignation. Like I have it like a right. coffee and then go about my business. Yeah. Well, go off. <laughs> go off. <laughs> um, okay. So if someone is, well, okay, before I go there, I want to kind of also touch on the the problem of the online business pyramid that is like coaches who coach coaches who coach coaches i thought let's go yeah but just that part of the part of the quandary we're talking about is like like people are frequently surprised that i don't have a lot of coaches that i coach like i that's not my niche i'm not a coach who coaches coaches and coaching business 
wasn't my first business. That's also always really interesting to me where like people are business consultants or coaches and it's their first and only business they've ever had. How? (laughs) Um, So when you're a coach who only coaches other coaches and you coach coaches on how to coach coaches, what are we doing? (laughs) Okay. First of all, (laughs) I hear you. And most of the environments I've been in where that's happening, people do different kinds of coaching. And so they end up networked with one another and they're like, actually, I do need a money coach or I do need a whatever, which is also how everything else works. It's just that like, there's a couple of things about the coaching industry that I think people really have an easy time targeting. One is that it's mostly women. And two is that it is not a, it's not a credentialed area in a way that um, academia, which is like rife with fuckery, um, thinks is good enough, right? So you can just go get a coaching certification or not have a coaching certification um, and start a job and do it on your own. All of these things have a lot of audacity um, and it's a, it's a emotional labor mostly. So it's women doing emotional labor that weren't co-signed by an institution that is, you know, I don't know, old as fuck and founded by white men. Like, so, so all of it must be bullshit. Um, and so then things like what you just described is mostly like networking and hiring people that, you know, but in the coaching industry, we like call it like some sort of weird circle jerk, even though it's what men have been doing forever. It's why they're all over Congress is what, you know what I mean? (laughs) So it is an industry where people tend to hire one another, but anywhere that there's networking, people tend to hire one another. Um, where that gets problematic is in the spaces like, I think it's the life coach school that's getting a lot of attention right now. I don't want to misspeak about coach schools, but where like there's a never ending amount of money that you have to pay in order to be in the next like cool kids club. But the thing that I like would like to say about that, that I think is a miss for most people looking at those things is that getting closer to someone that has a lot of money doesn't get you any money. And it also doesn't mean that they're going to put you on, meaning that like people will see, let's talk about, let's say that Susan, Susan Summers is who who were you just talking about? Yeah. Let's say she's like, she's a big life coach and people are like, and there's someone that's in, you know, one of her clients, she's always has in her Instagram stories. Those people tend to only showcase the people that they work with who were already successful when they started working with them (laughs) as proof of like how great their coaching is or whatever. They're not actively looking to bring other people up. They're not regularly sharing the work of people who work for them or that they work with. It's not how it works. And so if you're paying a lot of money to sit at a table, you're probably just footing the bill. Mm. If you're paying a lot of money to sit at a table, you're probably just footing the bill. Write it down. <laughs> put, put it somewhere. <laughs> Think about it when you're investing in things. Um, that's a brilliant statement and so true. But it's probably true in your work too. Like when you have groups of people that do like different kinds of spiritual work, I imagine they hire each other. Well, sometimes, but the other thing is like, I have spiritual, like I have a lot of different types of businesses, right? So I might have someone who's like a Pilates instructor, a yoga teacher, a, um, a tarot reader, a graphic designer, a copywriter. Like I have just kind of broad, we're in the creative space. 
Um, so sometimes they, they network and sometimes they hire each other and I encourage them to. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm thinking more about is like <laughs> one of my first people that I spent a lot of money on and then realized quickly that I should not have was a business coach who had beautiful branding and marketing and she was young. And some of the reason I hired someone who was young to coach me on some of the social media stuff was because like when Instagram came, like I didn't have a smartphone. I don't think I had a cell phone until I was in my twenties. Like I'm old. And like I, <laughs> when Instagram came out, I was a whole adult with an apartment. And like, I was like, I need someone who's had Instagram since they were 10 to like, show me the tricks. Like you're a child, show me. Um, <laughs> the kid, Hey, the kids come teach me TikTok dances. Um, I, I have not, I do not have any like pride about the idea that like, if you want to learn certain social media things, you need a Gen Zer to show them to you. So there were certain things that like, she did have a unique perspective on that was helpful for me because of her proximity to some of these things that like, that was helpful. but. There were a lot of ways that she was 0% qualified to teach anyone about business. And upon like getting deeper into her program, I realized that like coaching business was her first business. And she was very much doing like kind of the thing we're all talking about where she, you know, all of her marketing was about how much money she made, how quickly and was promising people these high returns. And she had like her one, she had like one one-on-one coaching spot that was $100,000 a year. And she would like fly wow. to where you were in the world and she'd bring you out to her and you would like have the, you know, it's like this like deep access. And then I ended up getting close with people who had worked for her that was like, oh, can we just pause right there? I just want to say really quickly that if anyone wants to give me $100,000, I will come to you and you can also come to me. I both. Yeah. Also that offer right yeah. now. I will, I'll take us to Bali. We will have a retreat. Exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Okay. That's all. Please continue. Okay. Both Aaron <laughs> and I now have a $100,000 coaching package. It is on the table. It's a year long. No, legit. I'm going to say this. If you want to give me $100,000 paid in full, you have lifetime access to coaching from me. And once a year, we'll go somewhere oh. together. There you go. Okay. Um, you definitely take her offer. I don't know how long I'm going to live though. So, you know, it's a wild card. <laughs> that could be a one-year coaching package. Who knows? Yes. Yes. Uh, sorry. Why am I like this? Okay. So I got into this container and like, it was just like, you could hear tumbleweeds blowing through it. Like no one was there. We weren't getting any help. None of the things that were being offered to us were happening and me being me, I was just like confused and I would ask questions and no one would answer them. And so I'd email and be like, hey, what's going on? And they'd be like, oh, you want too much. You should join the $10,000 container where you can get more uh, attention. And I would screenshot the landing page of the program I signed up for and be like, no, I'm just asking for what this says that we get when we pay for this thing. And they were like, you just want too much. You should go into this $10,000 container. And her Instagram was all full of pictures and videos of the people who were in her like $20,000 inner circle program. And you know what I mean? Like it was definitely that. And she was essentially only teaching people who didn't have a business how to look of her business. So she had a very hollow pyramid that was designed on teaching other people how to replicate her hollow pyramid. Like she couldn't help someone who was coming in being like, I have an existing hair salon and I'm trying to figure out how to improve my business. Or like, I want to go into the world of 
I want to teach a, I, I want to create a haircutting course for people who cut their own hair and build and market that. You know what I mean? Like she couldn't help anyone who had an actual business that wasn't just her teaching people how to replicate her very hollow pyramid. And I think that that's something that exists a lot in the online business world and that that's a big part of what is inspiring so many uh people to to defect from the online business coaching world is getting into a program and realizing like oh i just got seduced by really good marketing and branding and it's not different than like i had this with one of those hair care co companies that told me i could like take a quiz and they'd send me a product that would solve my hair and then it didn't and then they were like sorry you want to pay another 60 bucks for a replacement bottle and i'm like no your marketing said you're going to solve my hair and you would keep sending me replacement bottles until we found the formula and they were like oh you should have read the fine print like we don't really do that which way. which one did you try formula okay yeah i'll say names. i took the formula and the pros quiz so many times it did but formula is at target now yeah well my experience with the formula was I took their quiz. They sent me something that made my hair gummy to the point that I like couldn't run my fingers through it. And it was like the oh worst God. my hair had ever felt. And they were like, you should just use more of the product. That was their response. And I was like, no, that didn't help. And they were like, okay, we're going to send you like a trial size of a different conditioner. And I was like, that one's worse. Like, what do we do yeah. now? And they were like, you pay $60 for a refill. <laughs> like, why, why would I do that? <laughs> Terrible. Anyway. I think that there's a lot of the coaching version of that, of like yeah. you get seduced by really good marketing and you get in there and it doesn't work or it's hollow and people are like, well, too bad. Do you want to upsell into a higher level container to solve that problem? Yes. Yeah, you should pay more. Well, in that too, I think a lot of people who coached business um, coach from a perspective of I did it one way. And so I can teach you this one way that I did it that should work fine for everyone. And that's absolutely not true. No. <laughs> it's absolutely not true. Um, and a lot of it has to do with um, your identity, your appearance, your um, graphics, and like the exact moment and if those things are trending. Yep. And so it's not even that like your business plan necessarily, especially for people who like go from starting to, you know, wild growth very quickly, um, which happens, you like hit just like the right moment with the right color pink or whatever, you know, <laughs> like you just really nailed a trend and um, that's its own thing. That's something that you can do, but you have to be able to like see what's next and forecast a little bit or even keep up with what's going on. It feels a little bit like high school hair. You, know, you can tell how old somebody is if they keep their hair from high school and like business coaches are teaching their high school hair. They're teaching whatever formula was working when they came up and are like completely aghast when that stops working for them and it stops working for the people that they're teaching it to. But it changes all the time. Because the context that we live in changes all the time. I mean, we know it. We just think that somebody else is going to have an answer. We don't. Multiple times a day, it changes. Um, so what I would love, uh, because business coaching is not the only place where unethical business is happening online. Um, <laughs> let's let's kind of talk, like kind of circle back to the idea of like, what are some of the things that you're seeing happen in the online business space that that are unethical that you think should be done differently? Mm. 
Um, I would like to totally move away from talking about price and worth. Mm-hmm. Like just completely pricing something low doesn't mean that you are worth less than somebody else. Yeah. Um, it there's different ways to scale. You know, <laughs> like you can have a program online that costs two thousand dollars that that is self paced, and you can have a program online that costs nineteen dollars that is self paced that people can take. And I couldn't tell you which one of those people was making more money, depending on you know there's so many other factors that aren't their price, but. People make millions of dollars off of $19 products. So that's bullshit. Um, I don't hate transparency around money. Like I like that part, but I don't like how much people lie about how much money they make and also position that like it's some sort of credential, which like making a bunch of money could mean it's to me making money is like losing weight. In that it's not telling me anything about what's going on. It's just like one like math thing. So like you could have lost a bunch of weight because you are dying or because you're grieving or because, um, you know, so you're really sick. Something's wrong with you or because you've, you know, taken some efforts that have been positive for your body, whatever. I don't know. Like it's morally neutral, but it doesn't tell me anything except for like what the outcome was and telling me how much money you have can tell me that you robbed a bank, you inherited it, you were born with it, you conned a bunch of people out of money, you underpay everyone that works for you, you (laughs) exploit a bunch of people's labor in order to make them like it doesn't tell me anything and we don't ask those questions. We're just like, wow, seven figures. I want that. Well, and, and that- profit margin is a real thing, right? Like you can have a million dollar business and a $950,000 ad spend. So you have a $50,000 business. Like mm-hmm. if all of your money is coming in through ads and you have a ridiculously high ad spend, like, you know what I mean? Like the profit right. margin is really what's more important than like the the number at the end. Don't say that. Well, and that's another thing that's happening with money is that people are adding up all the money that they've ever made and then calling that, which is like a fine thing to do. It's not cheating if you want to like, I thought when I learned people were doing this, I was like, I actually kind of want to know that sounds like way more work than I'm going to do. But I'm curious because that might be like a really positive thing for me to know what that number is. But misleading people to believe that that's your annual income is pretty fucked. Right. I have a seven figure business and you mean over the course of 10 years, not over the course of this year. Right. (laughs) Yes, exactly that, which is actually what people encourage. Um, And then along those same lines, flaunting money, which I don't care what you, I like designer bags. I really enjoy the Gucci Adidas collabs so much. Um, I don't think that like having nice things is, uh, I don't know, like not radical enough or whatever, like do you, but, um, there are actual business coaches that recommend in public that people first buy a designer purse so that people think that they have plenty of money. And all those bitches are on Rent the Runway. Like, that's not your car. You're not in front of your own house. That is not your bag. You have to mail that back after this photo shoot. It has the tags tucked in. (laughs) Also, I really like that kind of stuff, too, but not enough to buy it with my own money. So while we're on the subject of the $100,000 coaching package, if anyone would like to send me or Aaron the Gucci Adidas collab... (laughs) 
like cars like I like nice cars I would love to have a nicer car but I don't feel like I should have to buy it with my own money so I have a 2007 Honda CRV because that bitch is paid for but if anyone mm -hmm. thinks I should have a nicer car and they want to get me one like I'll take it <laughs> I would um accept a mm, I'm engaged and I'm a lesbian I'm trying to think about what she would be okay with I think that we could have a sugar daddy scenario mm -hmm. specifically with a foot fetish yes. something that i can just like easily you know what i'm saying i love and then the like guys take forever That's i will put my feet oh mm -hmm. yeah whatever i also will send the toe pics like i have ugh, i'm gonna get in trouble for this but me and my friend always talk about uh having a wiki feet uh under the account named toe malone no one steal that it's trademarked yeah toe malone. you probably should do it right now yeah, i gotta do it now um <laughs> Yeah, I have, uh, look, I have sold feet pics. I have put my feet on people for money. I have stepped on bugs in fancy shoes for money. I was in San Francisco in the 90s. It was a weird place in time. But um, yeah, I will take money for foot stuff. I feel, I don't feel weird about that at all. And I have really cute little dancer feet with very high arches and I'll send you pedicure pictures, all the things like you can have that, that's fine. Absolutely. And I will put my sugar daddy purchased car and bag on the internet, but I'm not going to put it next to the words. So this is how, you know, you should hire me. <laughs> like, right. I'm not going to lie and say that the car my sugar daddy bought me came from my business unless it's on my OnlyFans. <laughs> well, and even if it did come from your business, there's so much more context to that, right? Like there's no, that even if you just want to know, we have the same skill set. You want to have the same business model. We are very similar in personalities. I can teach you everything that I do, and we are going to have different outcomes. We just are. Yeah. We just are. And so it's irresponsible to showcase any of those things as though you can help other people obtain them. I mean, I can help you get a bag, like just get a credit card. Yeah. And then boom. I can also All help set. with sugaring because that's a business I've been in. And if anyone needs help with the OnlyFans or the sugaring, like I have clients that I help with that too because sugaring is work. Like having to pretend that you're super interested in your sugar daddy's like conversations every day is emotional labor and like you deserve that car. <laughs> that is the entire time that I spent in compulsive heterosexuality and um, I didn't get paid. So. Ugh, trash. <laughs> a scam compulsive heterosexuality is a scam also yeah <laughs> that's a different podcast episode we're gonna pause on <laughs> i'm going through a breakup i was telling aaron before we hit record that being attracted to cishet men is a mental illness and um i kind of stand by that um really I, scam myself. I scam myself um okay so numbers mean nothing <laughs> they are not context i will and they're okay i'll say this here are some numbers that i care about that i that i have shared um i do think it's worth noting for me and it's something i'm proud of and that i've talked about that there's a i think it's something like six percent of coaches ever make over six figures um mm. it's a very small percentage of women-owned businesses that are six figure businesses. And so there are some things like that where I've I've pointed to them and just been like statistically that I've been able to do this and sustain it is kind of miraculous in yeah. most ways. 
and let's talk about why this industry goes this way and why so many people who are in these fields aren't getting to that metric, blah, blah, blah. So I think that there's some interesting things to like point at and talk about there. I've also talked about and pointed out how like I was able to buy a home as a business, as a single business owner and that that mm-hmm. was a huge accomplishment. It also took me 10 years. And I've talked about that as a self-employed yeah. artist where like 10 years ago, I suddenly was like, oh, I'm never going to be able to buy a home if I don't start like thinking about how I'm going to do it. And it took me a really, really long time. And it started with putting away $50 a month because that was all I could afford to put away and like be consistent about it. Um, so like, I think there are ways that like talking about numbers, especially talking about them in relation to where you started in your life, what you Mm -hmm. want for your life, where you're headed in your life, comparing them in some ways to like um, national averages and why is this and where is this and how is it and placing it in context can be like a really valuable, helpful conversation to have in public. But when you're just, again, in a bathtub full of champagne with a a balloon over you that says 1.2 million, (laughs) that's not the best. Yeah, I think there's a difference between um, – I do think transparency and conversations about money are important and, and kind of radical. But there's a difference between being like, here's what I was able to accomplish. And there's a lot of variables in here. But I can, you know, both help you understand how I did that and help you explore the way you might, which is going to look different for different people. Um, and then just being like, money, 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 money. <laughs> And like that, if you pay me a lot of money to be around me, you will have this too. Come get in my rich hot girl club is what so much of that feels like. Let me, let me, let me just say this. If you think that you're joining a rich hot girl club and that's going to make you rich, look at the Instagram of the person whose rich hot girl club you're going to be in and ask yourself how many of her clients she is uplifting right now. (laughs) Aaron and I are both just grinning at the camera. You can't see it. Because <laughs> it's not, it's, you know, the dream that people sell of like, you know, the money is for everyone. We're going to make all this money is for me and my friends. It's not for you. You just pay to sit here. Yeah. Right. And you can see that. And I hate to like burst people's bubble, but like you can see it because they have, if you have a big platform and you have the opportunity to like, share about what people are doing, which takes 10 seconds and is really simple and can make a difference. And the people that you follow that you think are going to put you on never do. They probably never do. Yeah. Here's a, here's a question and we can kind of start to wrap this up because I just realized we've been talking forever and we'll probably keep talking if allowed. Um, If somebody is, interested in finding business coaching and support they're in the market for it they've never gotten it before and they're starting to be like you know they're on instagram they're on tiktok they're like looking around for help what are some things that you think they can be looking for that might let them know that this person is legit and might like really be able to help them versus this is somebody like um who's seducing me with excited with marketing that's playing on my on my insecurities well i think that the better questions are not about what they're looking at but about what they're looking for personally really so like 
probably all of these people have something to offer. You know, it just may not be what you actually need, including the young woman that you worked with that had some some ideas about Instagram that were helpful to you, right? Um, it's just that the whole package wasn't there for you. So I would look for like someone who like resonates with you in terms of values. Like, are you looking to like create work-life balance? Are you trying to um, keep your job and start a business on the side? Are you trying to do some sort of creative work and you don't really know what kind of boundaries or even packages or anything that you might do, you might go look for somebody who specifically helps people with that kind of job. So like, what is it that you want and who is out here teaching that exact thing? Because the kinds of like formulas that are available are available for free, also available for just about anybody, you know, so like get more thoughtful about what it is that you really want, not just for your business, but for your life. And then look for somebody who's talking about that. Um, and if it's just money, then I would think a little bit deeper about what else you're looking for. Um, because that is important and it's how we survive and like no shame in that, but like money and what else. And then I would look for the coach that has the what else, um, either because you're attracted to the kind of system that they actually use, or they understand the kind of work that you do or something else about the values and what they do. And what else and in what way? Yes. Yeah, I think this has come up before on the show and I know I've I've posted about it and written about it and I just want to like, you know, just throw it out again that like what it really always comes back to with everything is like starting from a place of introspection and discernment and that like you you knowing what it is you're looking for in a coach before you go hire someone is really important. Um and I am a big fan of list making, right? Like write it down, mm -hmm. make a list so that, cause sometimes like seductive marketing is seductive. And sometimes you might be looking at seductive marketing. I can't tell you how many times I have had my finger hovering over the like enroll now button on a sign up page because like the copy was just fucking good. And I like had to go look at my list and be like, this is not what I need right now. This is not what I told myself I would be investing in, right? Like I just right. drove a car that I don't need. Like I, I don't want, I cannot buy this. Like put it down, walk away, step away right. from the course. You do not need this right now. It's not, exactly. not a priority. And so, yeah, like starting, starting from a more internal place always, same thing with this idea about having ethics in your own business, starting from a place of even thinking about journaling on, meditating on, writing about, researching, what feels ethical to me? What feels right to me? What are my actual values versus what do I see everyone else doing? And I do think it's really easy to get caught up in making all of our decisions from fear, scarcity, and insecurity, and a desire to fit in. And there are a lot of people who are happy to prey on that and take your money for it. And so we have to be careful. <laughs> yeah. 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 Erin, what do you have coming up? What should people know about? I don't even know. Um, you have, you started making products. <laughs> you want to tell us about your products? I do. I have um, a couple of brands. I have one called Altered Apothecary, which is like um, goods for spells and intention setting that I do seasonal drops of. I have... Nourished Bitches, which we talked about at the beginning, which is going to be a product suite and book soon. And then um, outside of the Business Mastermind, which I'm not currently in a 
this, it's not currently open. Um, I do retainer work for people. So I do like marketing, consulting and messaging and some ghost writing. So different, totally different tiers of retainer for different access points um, uh, to make it more accessible for people to have some like really qualitative support with their marketing and messaging. So anyway, you can find all of those things in my tremendous rants on um, IamAaronBrown.com, but also I am Aaron Brown everywhere except for nourished bitches. Love it. You know, I just realized, I think years ago, I would guess six years ago, maybe, maybe more. I had a screenshot of one of your stories saved on my phone. And it was just a screenshot where you broke down two of your retainer packages because they were so clear and the pricing was so accessible and it was so honest. And I think on it, you were like, I don't want to work with anyone forever. Like, I'm not interested in being your guru. I want to work with you in this like short term, short capacity, come in, get what you need, get out. Um, and it was so different from other things that I was seeing at the time that I screenshotted it and saved it. Or that was like, sit with this, look at this. And it was years before we ever spoke. Um, so even the way that you have been doing business and approaching doing business and sharing your work online for a really long time. Like, I think I just want you to know it has a much farther reach than, you know, and people are seeing it and people are paying attention in positive ways. So, um, Thank you. Yeah. I care about, about, I care a lot about my own capacity because I don't want to run around being resentful of folks. You know what I mean? And so I think about that a, a lot. That's why I don't do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hate you. So go away faster. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I know, like, I don't think it's healthy when people think that you're the reason you're the thing, you know, like anyway, yeah, I, I think about these things all the time and I'm always trying to create a life I want and not just a business that makes money. If I, that would be a totally different plan for me. If all we wanted was to make money, we could have a job. Yes. And I've had those. I don't recommend them. Mm-mm, no, I'm unemployable. It doesn't work mm-hmm. for me. Um, Same. <laughs> I'm too bossy and I know that about myself. Uh, both bossy, bossy and lazy at the same time, so <laughs> can't do it. Oh my god! Um, in true tourist fashion, I was like, "That's the most tourist statement that's ever been said." I'm too bossy and lazy to work for anyone else. <laughs> um, is that all I have? I think that's all I have. It's February. It's Aquarius season. Final thoughts. Follow Aaron. Follow in uh, real. Yeah, it's been very real. Follow Aaron. Follow me. DM us. Send us um, your request for foot pics, and we'll send you back a PayPal invoice. And we'll talk to you. And it was the. Oh no, we skipped out. We froze. Wait, I'm back. Yes, we're back. Stay here. I said, and it's the Gucci Adidas collab that I like. Just yes, hundred thousand dollars lifetime yeah. coaching. Uh, only a year for me yeah uh, okay, great. <laughs> thank you for joining us on the pod today everybody. Yeah. thank y'all for listening <laughs> okay <laughs> bye yeah
That's our episode for today. Thank you as always for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time. So many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at intuitive edge coaching or join my Facebook group unstuck group to suggest topics or people that you'd like to hear me interview on this show. Have a great day.